All right, hello and welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I have set the guitar aside today. I am honored to have a special guest. As you know, I'm committed to helping people to heal their lives and expand their consciousness and their awareness and to bring their music and their passions forward into the world. And I love to have special guests who are committed to different aspects of this awakening and this expansion of consciousness that's taking place on the planet. And today we have a gentleman who is committed to that and so much more. I'm very excited. Today our guest is Gibbler. He's a licensed psychotherapist, man. I like this. A peak achievement coach and spiritual teacher celebrated for developing, I have to read this, eco-spiritual and psychological model of deep awakening we're definitely going to dive into that for sure but jason thank you so much for being here thank you for uh, uh coming on and going on this little journey with me today i'm looking forward to our time together thank you mark it's so awesome to be here with you and really excited to get to talk with you absolutely so jason and i are just so a little revelation we're in a, a coaching support group together and we had an opportunity to connect and in our conference conference you know i there's just I'll go ahead and say this. There's not a lot of guys that I talk to that have this depth, this sensitivity, this high level of awareness. Maybe I'm just hanging around in the wrong groups or whatever or connecting with the wrong people. But the moment that we had a conversation, I knew that there was so much to you and what you're bringing forward. You have this like powerful light. And I know that you're committed to bringing forward your gifts, your talents. And I think one of the things that really kind of capture me is that you're a therapist, but yet you're bringing in these unique modalities to help people. So if I was to ask you, what do you, what's your purpose and what are you committed to helping humanity with? Well, I love that you kind of spoke of awakening and bringing awareness to the planet. And for me, I, I have, um, I, I kind of see the world as all integrated so i'm always thinking about integration and how that really matters so for example you know our emotional struggles are not just within ourselves they're within our families our societies the planet they're global and if we just look at the symptoms so let's say i i maybe i'm struggling with anxiety and i think ah, i'm stressed out maybe i need to go to a doctor and get a little medication to help me well it might help but it doesn't speak to the root cause and it doesn't speak to the the broader um, way that that manifests in the world and so for me when i think of healing i think of it as an integrated approach that not only integrates ourselves and our, our deep self and who we are as a person but also society the world and our spiritual nature as well so if we want to be fully healed we need all of that and mm -hmm. so my way of, of doing therapy is to try to bring that all in so i work with the uh, the surface self i work with the deeper self i work with the transcendent self so i'm looking at it from from that broad scope and that's where i think that the deepest healing can be found you mentioned something about the root cause you know because so many of us well we all experience disharmony to one degree or another in our lives and a lot of it does come from our family circumstances and of course being a therapist you know that age zero to seven is just a primary time where we lay down a lot of our foundational beliefs whether they're empowering or disempowering but where do you think the root cause is to the disharmony generally speaking 
that we have that we all experience in our lives from time to time? Well, I think it, it is our lack of awareness of our own interconnectedness to all things. So, and this is what you were talking about my my method and what I do and, and uh, eco spiritual psychology is all about recognizing our deep connection to the earth and to the spirit and, and also incorporating psychology into that. Um, so often people kind of, um, you know, they either are in one camp or the other, they're maybe really scientific and, or psychology minded, or they're maybe really spiritual and, and they're kind of maybe out there, you know, a little bit. But, but I tried to bring it all together because I think that everything has its contribution. So science is one of the most valuable things that humans have developed. But if we just rely on science alone, then we're giving up on so much more knowledge. Um, and the deep spirit, you know, is, is amazing. And when we can tap into that, there's great healing. So I would say that, you know, kind of an answer to your question, if we're cut off, from ourselves, from the planet, from other beings, then we have dysregulation and we we are not well. So our wellness is dependent upon our interconnectedness. Excellent. And so what do you think is the biggest obstacle that prevents us from really looking at these alternatives? I mean, you know, I know that we're so bombarded with messages of take this pill, do this thing outside of yourself, and you're going to be fine and taken care of. And maybe you might be able to lessen some of the symptoms uh, you might be experiencing, but we know that whatever that issue is that's within us is still going to come to the surface in one way or another. What are some of the techniques that you're bringing forward to literally help us to open ourselves up and begin to address that place where I believe that all change and transformation comes from. Yeah. Well, I think that first off, and, and this really, you know, aligns with many, many spiritual traditions and beliefs, but, you know, for me, I think that the mind is extremely busy and it's often filled with false beliefs and false concepts that have been passed down to us through generations through trauma, through wounding, through society and how it wants to mold us through other people's opinions of how we should be. And as a result, um, it creates a great deal of disconnect and also a great deal of uh, emotional distress. And so the first step, I think, is to practice clearing your mind. So we, we have to have a clean slate. Um, if we don't have a clean slate, we can't find that deeper spiritual presence. So in, in all of the different uh, religious and, uh, you know, even shamanic traditions, there's this idea of clearing, you know, we have to clear first so that we can allow that, that deep spirit, whatever we want to call it, the power of the universe to enter into us and connect us to our deeper nature. So I believe that our deeper nature is within that energy. So why is it then? Is it just me? Or does it seem like sometimes the mind wants to sabotage that connection? It wants to throw static and noise and maybe sticks in our spokes as we're going down the hill on our bicycle to kind of, you know, disrupt that connection to that deeper part of ourselves. Why do you think sometimes we create that resistance? We create that blockage that prevents us from really connecting into that sacred space. 
Well, I love the question and, and the, um, you know, brings up a, a little bit of a story for me. So if you don't mind, I'll tell you a little story Go about myself and how I've, how I found static and how I've, how I've found a way to work through that. Um, so often what happens, and I think for me in my early upbringing, I, I have a really interesting story. I lived out in the forest when I was a child till about the time of being around five to six years old. And I never had a home. My family was moving from place to place, living in shelters my dad would create. And I had a pretty amazing experience there living out in the wilderness, but I also had a lot of trauma. My dad it was a uh, veteran and, and he had a lot of PTSD. And so he would, uh, you know, you never knew when he was going to get really angry and do something really crazy. And then I had older brothers who were really brutal and who would just reject me and constantly ridicule me. Um, and so, of course, this created a lot of anxiety for me. And going through my life, every time that I tried to achieve something that I really wanted to achieve, that anxiety would come up and the voice would come into my head, don't you do that. It would be really negative, really you know, hurtful, angry, rejecting voice. And that's the static. But what happened was after doing a lot, a lot of personal work, and I, I'd worked with a Jungian analyst, analyst for a while, and um, I was having some dreams. And when I would wake up and this, I had these scary dreams and this monster essentially would kind of attack me. It was being so mean. And, you know, it's like just really like freaking me out. I'd wake up and I'm kind of in a panic. Uh, but uh, I decided, well, I'm just going to maybe try to get to know this, you know, thing. Like, what's going on? So I started asking it questions. So if it would wake me up in the middle and I'd say, I would say something to it like, hey, why are you being so mean to me? <laughs> I would just have this conversation with it. So this is one of the other keys. It's like you can't run away from your stuff. You have to learn how to make space for it. And so I made space for it and I became curious about it. So I started asking it, why are you being so unkind? Why are you being so hurtful? And over time, I found out that it was really afraid of being rejected. It was mm -hmm. afraid of that rejection that I had felt as a child and it never wanted to experience it again. So it was, it was rejecting me harshly so that it wouldn't be rejected from the outside world. So that was the root cause of what kept me from being connected, not only to spirit, but to my higher self and to my own purpose. And the minute I figured that out, I started learning how to apply medicine to that. And that medicine is the opposite of rejection. It's love, it's acceptance, it's compassion, it's understanding. So I'm not trying to destroy this part of me that is rejecting, what I'm trying to do is bring healing to it so that it can help me in my life rather than be a hindrance. Uh, excellent. And such high level awareness in that, because I think one of the problems we all encounter from one time or another is we look to use your metaphor of the monsters within our own selves, you know, is we have a tendency to judge it, to make ourselves wrong for having it, to sweep it under the carpet, to not pay attention to it, to run from it, um, rather than really to face it. I love the aspect of having a conversation with it. You know, one of the things I share with my clients is like, hey, if you have a challenge, rather than, you know, curse it, make yourself wrong for having it, inquire with it. What are you here to teach me? What are you here to reveal about myself? Why do you think that sometimes we're, we can be so resistant to doing that. Is it because we don't know that that's a possibility or because we've been so 
conditioned to believe that our challenges and our issues and the monsters that live in our dreams at night are bad and wrong and shouldn't be experienced. What do you think prevents us from really having that, that willingness to dive in and have a conversation with those dark parts of ourselves? Well, I think the biggest hindrance is fear, you know? Um, so when I was working with this part of myself, I actually, uh, uh, did some artwork and I, I did a, a drawing painting essentially of the monster. So I was, I, rather than avoiding it, I wanted to know all about it. And I don't know if you ever saw, um, the Lord of the Rings, but, uh, there's a scene in there where, um, Gandalf and Frodo are running through the mines of Moria and there's this giant monster coming after them made out of fire and it's called the Balrog. And this was what the monster that was within my mind looked like to me. So this is what I depicted it as. Um, wow. So it's coming after me with its flames, you know, and its horns. And and um, that is really what those monsters within us in us are like. You know, we we may not have that that strong of an imagery, but most of us would avoid that and run like crazy. But uh, in the movie, um, Gandalf stops and he says, "No, you can't pass." Mm-hmm. And he actually confronts the monster and so for me i didn't fight the monster but what i did was i wanted to learn from it and and as i learned from it and as i listened to it i listened to the wisdom that it had it had some wisdom for me it it wanted me to be safe And, and as soon as i was able to say thank you for wanting me to be safe you know your way of doing it all this time has caused me so much distress is there another way that we can do this differently can you still be my strong protector without me having to feel terrible all the time and i was able to make kind of an agreement with that part of me and now it's a very strong powerful part of me and it doesn't yell at me anymore it doesn't put me down and if i ever start to feel that coming up which it will uh, now and again i just Mm -hmm. bring to it so if i say if it says hey you know you're you're lame or, you know, people are going to think you're an idiot or whatever. I'm like, I just say the opposite. Oh, thank you. I'm actually wonderful. And I actually know that people, there's a lot of people that want to hear what I have to say. And so I just bring the opposite medicine to it. And over time, um, it heals it. You know, it's interesting you use that reference because even in that movie, that monster ended up being the catalyst for Gandalf's expansion into the next level of his awareness expression and mission and you know i don't think probably most of us probably don't look at those monsters or those experiences in our lives as really potentially being the catalyst that can help us to expand to grow to love ourselves more and really to take our lives to the next level and you know it's i guess it's unfortunate that we tend to resist it but i love that analogy and what opened up for you out of that experience in talking to that man, how many of us could benefit from having a conversation with those aspects within our own selves? So I noticed as I was reading through some of your information, you talk about how this healing, this transformation is really an important part of this consciousness and this ascension that's taking place on the planet today. I'd love to have you kind of elaborate a little bit more as to why is that important and maybe even to touch on a little bit, what is, I'm I'm curious to know what that ascension or that consciousness awakening looks like to you. What do you think is potentially there and available to us 
by taking on these aspects within our own selves and what can open up through our own healing, not only for ourselves, obviously, but also for those around us and for consciousness as a whole. Yeah. And thanks so much for that question too. And, um, you know, I just finished doing my course, the awakening path, which was a eight week journey where I took, um, some travelers is what I was calling my participants on this journey through all these different ways to experience awakening. So I went from everything from earth-based wisdom to Hindu wisdom, to Christian wisdom, to Buddhist wisdom. And I didn't leave anything out. I, I also went into neuroscience and psychology. Wow. And, and I think that one of the big problems we have as a world is we other people and we make ourselves right and them wrong. And so most faith systems will do this. There's a, there's a sense that we know the truth and the other people don't. And my premise and the thing that I really believe is true is that deep spiritual wisdom is everywhere, that it's, it's surging through the ground. It grows up through the grasses and the trees, and it's surging through every, every wisdom tradition out there. And so if we reject anything, we actually reject ourselves. And so this is one of the reasons why I love doing the awakening path, because I was helping people to see that you can deeply embrace Hindu wisdom, wisdom right along embracing Christian wisdom, right along increase, uh, embracing shamanic and Buddhist. And none of it is wrong. There's light in all of it. And all that we want to do is we just want to take what's good out of that for ourselves and utilize it. And anything that feels hurtful or negative, we leave it behind. So um, one of the, uh, the Bible verses that I really like is, you will know them by their love. Mm -hmm. And that's a simple one. But all it's saying is that the core of everything is love. And I think that's, that permeates through every uh, wisdom tradition. And so if, if a faith system is, is expressing hatred or hurt or darkness, that's not true because the deep truth is love and so any 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 faith system you look for the love within it and you hang on to that because that is the true nature of all things and it is the spiritual government of the universe i believe is love it's what generates all things and so that's where the healing is absolutely and i love that too because you know, anytime humanity gets involved with things, <laughs> you know, it has a tendency to throw some of those different aspects in, you know, and I always like to go back to the founder or the main focal character within these wisdom traditions that really brought forward this message of unconditional love, of non-judgment, of compassion. And those are beautiful, powerful messages and powerful states of being. But I never really thought about it. I love that this spirit, this love, this true essence, this spirituality emerges through all of these different traditions and wisdoms and psychologies and faiths and traditions. And I think that's beautiful. And when we can get beyond that judgment of I'm right, you're wrong or whatever, there's all kinds of different things that can begin to open up for us as a whole and continue to support us in our spiritual evolution. That's beautiful. We were talking the other day and we had a conversation around perfection and the idea of perfection. And I, in my experience, it seems like one of the detriments of our journey and our unfolding is having a very strict and rigid interpretation or definition of 
perfection that you have to do it this way. It needs to be perfect. It, it, and that stifles our growth and it creates fear, creates anxiety, prevents us from wanting to uh, express ourselves in a certain way for the fear of doing it wrong or not doing it perfectly. What do you think are some of the things that we can do to, well, I call it expand the definition of perfection to increase, include the stumbles and the falls and the twists and the turns and the learnings and to kind of expand that and perhaps maybe take away a little bit of that pressure and that bindedness that can come from really, oh, it needs to be rigid and perfect and done this certain way, or, you know, somebody's going to get angry at me, or people are going to tell me I'm not good enough, or I don't deserve if I don't do it right. How can we free ourselves from some of that stress and some of that worry in our own expressions and our own uniqueness that we're bringing forward? Yeah, I love that question, Mark. You know, uh, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about, you know, one of the deep struggles of humanity, you know, and and it goes back to our early origins as you know, tribal uh, nomadic people, you know, rejection, you know, being out of the tribe, you know, is, is, you know, we fear that more than we fear death because it's deeply rooted in our DNA. You know, we, we know that survival is dependent upon us being connected with others and being within the group. And so whenever we fear that we're out of the group, we will strive to be perfect so that we can be in the group. So Mm. striving for perfectionism, if you look at the other side, the shadow side of it, you will see the fear of rejection. So perfection, rejection, they're, you know, they're yin and yang. And so what we need to do is going back to this idea of the root. So if you go to the root and you see, and and I do this often with my clients and also with myself, you know, I think of myself like as, as a baby, you know, I, I try to imagine myself as an infant because whenever I've seen an infant, I look at them and it doesn't matter, you know, if they're crying, you know, if they're, whatever they're doing, fussing, you know, I look at them and I see beauty. I see an amazing being that is worthy of complete love and they don't have to do anything. You know, they're, they are definitely not, you know, doing things to, uh, to to win our love but they have it because we just know innately that they are valuable that they're beautiful uh, that they are whole and complete in and of themselves just as they are and they also have massive potential to grow and change and this is true of all of us and so if we can go back to that if we can see ourselves in that way and say man you know you are valuable just as you are you're you're beautiful you're amazing you have so much and you don't have to do anything to deserve my love and acceptance. If we can have that attitude towards ourselves, then it is the ground. It's like fertile soil for becoming our best selves. So within that, our talent and our ability can just thrive. And will it be perfect? No, but will it be amazing? Yes. You know, it seems like these times that we're emerging into all of humanity is being called to a new level of awareness, a new level of sensitivity, a new level of self-acceptance, and really being challenged to let go of some of these old conversations, which certainly fall in this perfection conversation about not being enough, you know? How do we truly embody 
that we are these magnificent, beautiful expressions of life, of source energy, of God, universe, whatever you want to call it, of this planet itself. You know, how do we begin to embody that essence, that way of being within our own selves, where we see ourselves as being an extension of this most beautiful and magnificent universe? Sometimes it's hard to keep that state when we're meeting life's challenges, when we're dealing with the twists and the turns and the ups and downs of our own human experience, how can we remind ourselves or remain connected to that in an ongoing basis? Well, for me, and I know there are many ways, but I can tell you about my, my practice and mine is really earth-based. And mm-hmm. so, you know, kind of going back to my idea of um, uh, eco-psychology and spirituality, you know, Whenever I'm out in in nature, you know the the world shows us the deep truth. You know it shows it shows us spiritual truths everywhere. So whenever you go out into into the wilderness, you will see the deep truth of acceptance, the deep truth of that everything is everything that is created that is coming into being is just as it should be. So when I'm in a forest, you know I'll look at some saplings maybe next to a giant, you know ponderosa pine and i never look at the sapling and say ah oh, man you suck you're you're never going to be as big as that <laughs> big tree up there i don't yeah. do that none of us would we see the beauty in the sapling and we see the beauty in the giant ponderosa and the same is true for us you know the, the beauty is within and if we just notice that so what i do is i spend a lot of time out in nature i usually go out every single day um, i'm fortunate to live in a beautiful place in bend oregon and so I'm always out uh, in nature and I'm, I'm looking at the beauty that's all around me, the little ducklings on the river, you know, the hawks, the birds, the eagles, there's all kinds of beautiful animals here. And the grasses even uh, along the bank, you know, speak the truth of, of this beauty that is just emanating through all things. And, and so for me, that really grounds me into it. Wow, that's excellent to get out in nature, you know, and there's so many benefits to that, not only witnessing and being surrounded by that energy but i think you also get away from all the static and noise of the modern day world and you're able to connect into that place of quiet that place of peace that place of divinity within your own self that's there that essence that same essence that set this universe in motion so i like that how simple is that get out in nature put your feet on the ground feel the water observe the grass observe breathe in the clean air and get reconnected because man what what can potentially open up for us if we were all to realize that we're an expression of that same magnificence that we witness in that uh, nature type of uh, environment that's awesome i love that i'm going to take that on myself personally we've got a beautiful canyon here uh, locally and it's so nice to get on the bike and ride out there and just be see the deer and and breathe the air and that's not bad for southern california where it's not quite as easy as bend oregon to take a step out your backyard yeah i'm out with the ponderosas you know easily and effortlessly but hey it's possible and i think it's available there for all of us even if you live in new york city get to the park you know um, those are all possibilities it's such a great way to continue to and embody i like that so big question for you what is your vision what would you like to see um humanity shift into in these years ahead what would you love to see us awaken to is there anything in particular 
that you would like to see unfold for humanity collectively? Well, thank you so much for asking that question. I was about to jump out of my seat when you said it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear your vision, man, because it's our visions that make it come to fruition. And that's part of the power that we all need to realize is that our visions and what it is that we hold dear to our hearts, man, that's what we shape and shift and impress into formless substance. So I want to hear yours. Come on, nature, man. (laughs) believe that the the healing of ourselves and the healing of all of humanity and the healing of the planet is really all interconnected um so you know as, as i sit out there in the forest i recognize that i am part of an amazing ecosystem you know i think one of the biggest lies that's ever been told by humanity is that we have dominion over the earth um so but, but what i really believe is that we are caretakers of the earth that we are we are part of the environment and if we if we have our you know if we recognize our rightful place in it then we can be filled with joy because it's so beautiful and so amazing and we definitely won't destroy it you know and and same thing when when we see the truth uh that we are connected to one another and that not only the love that is within me is also within you that you and I are one then we're not going to want to harm each other you know, there's no way you and I are going to be enemies if I can see the light in you and you can see the light in me. You know, we're only going to have compassion and love for one another. So, so my vision is all about us recognizing our deep interconnectedness, our deep oneness with all things, with the universe, with each other, with plants and animals, with the planet. Um, and as we start doing that, we will have healing. And that that is my vision. And I think there's a lot of a great deal of fear right now about um, the environment and global warming and all of these things. And it's really all it is, if you take it down to its basic is separateness. If we see ourselves as separate from the planet or over the planet, then we're not going to be careful. We don't, we're not going to care. But if we see ourselves as part of the planet, that, that we're part of this living earth, then of course we're going to care for it. So I know it, it's, it seems maybe kind of flippant for me to say it that way, but, but all I'm saying is that all we need to do is open our eyes, awaken to our deep interconnectedness with all things, and that will bring healing not only to us, but to our families, to our society, to all humans on the planet and the planet itself. So I know it's a big vision, but uh, it's hey. not my vision. I believe it's the vision of, of the universe itself. I love it. And it's a great vision and a mighty vision indeed. And and just what would open up for so many of us if we were one of the things that showed up as you're sharing that is, you know, how it is that we treat the planet and take it for granted in some ways is really a reflection of how we treat ourselves and our lack of love for ourselves and how we treat our own selves with neglect and doing things that we know aren't good for us, but we do them anyways. And it's really kind of a, once again, marrying back the oneness of this whole thing called life. Um, you know, so I love that. So obviously you're committed, you're bringing forth resources to help people to step into this vision, their vision, to heal their lives, to expand their awareness, to bring their passions, their callings forward. What are, what do you got? What do you, you know, how can people learn more about you? And, and is there anything in particular that you're bringing forward that might further 
uh, assist those of us who really resonate with what you're sharing and uh, want some help in stepping into this vision and creating a world that works. Yeah, well, thanks so much. Um, so my upcoming program I'm doing, I'm really excited about, it's called Visionary Highway. And it's all about finding that vision for yourself and you know, learning some key things to eliminate blockages to that vision and learning how to actually start embarking on it. So it comes on the heels of awakening path. You know, there's a reason why I did it in this order. You know, I think we have to become awake to the deeper truths about ourselves to find our true vision. And then, then once we begin to find our true vision, we can actually manifest it and help it to come into reality. So that's the amazing and exciting thing about being alive and being a human being. So um, if people are interested in, in learning about um, the Visionary Highway, they can go to my website, jasongibbler.com. Um, I also have some uh, free meditations that I've created out in nature. Um, so I go to remote places and I'm, you know, I'm a big, you know, nature guy, obviously, uh, yeah. spent a lot of time in the wilderness. So what I'll do is I'll hike way back in somewhere remote and I'll create a meditation there where people can see, you know, what it's like to be out in nature. And this is really for people that are away from nature. You know, you mentioned New York city. Uh, I can imagine people in New York city looking at these videos and just letting themselves drop into the peace and beauty, um, of the, uh, great Pacific Northwest. So, you know, there's just so many things that I want to share with people. And of course, those are free. They can go to my website, they're right on top and they can get those uh, free meditations. So that's awesome. So once again, if this resonates with you, you want to learn more, you want to uh, dive into what this uh, beautiful soul is bringing forward, I invite you to go to Jason, J-A-S-O-N, Gibbler, G-I-B-L-E-R.com, right? Do I have that correct? That's right. Yes. Right. Yes. I invite you. And then are you on social media? Can people find you anywhere in particular on social media? Yes. You can find me on all the major ones, uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Um, so I'm going to start a YouTube channel soon. So I'll probably be there too. Awesome. So, I love it. And I don't know. I just had a vision when you said TikTok of doing some of those dancing videos out in nature. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, Jason, it has been a pleasure to have you on. I just want to honor you and thank you for your commitment to bringing forward your passion, your purpose, your calling into the world uh, to help us all to raise ourselves up, uh, to get reconnected to the truth of who and what we are, to honor this beautiful planet that we have been blessed with, and to continue to move forward in our own expansion. Thank you so very much. It's been an honor to have you on, and uh, we'll definitely have to do it again. Thank you so much. I would love to, Mark, and thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to get to talk with you. And I just love what you're doing in the world. And, you know, it's just amazing to come alongside you and to have us be able to see see what we have to, to contribute and to be there supporting each other as we do it. Awesome. Thank you. Once again, make sure you go to jasongibbler.com or check out all the social media platforms and see if you might be able to get a little preview into some of the beautiful work uh, that Jason is bringing forward. Thank you so much for being here. Take care and have a harmonious day.